Our text this morning is the, uh, the gospel reading in Mark 5. It's a pretty long reading. I'm restraining myself not to read the whole thing again, just for you. But uh, let's, let's try uh, 33, uh, no, that's wrong, 35 and 36. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, sometimes things, they look kind of impossible. I was reminded for some reason of uh, uh, back in my academy days, one of the things they made us do was take a class in psychology. And I think more than anything, uh, at the time, I probably needed a psychiatrist to look after me, but they made me go to this class, which I hated. Uh, it was kind of horrible. I don't really like that subject in general, but uh, this was worse because the professor hated me too. Uh, it didn't work out real well. And um, as I was uh, uh, finishing the course, we had the final yet to look forward to, I was running a, a very close D minus. At least that's what the guy told me. So I realized uh, since I, I really don't like to fail stuff too much, that I needed to do very well on the final exam. And uh, it looked kind of impossible to me since I really wasn't doing much in the class or paying attention or reading the stuff and impossible is what it looked like. So being stubborn, I studied real hard for the test. And uh, I remember when the professor gave me the test back, he said, there must be something wrong because you got 100% on this thing. So I, you know, I brought my grade all the way up to a lousy C, which I was happy with because that's better than failing. In any case, I mean, it looked impossible. And for some reason, if I put in the teeniest effort, everything worked out okay. Uh, but sometimes things are actually impossible, and it doesn't matter what you do. And you get a couple of those uh, in this gospel today. There are two sort of impossible achievements here on Jesus' part. Uh, it's, it's sort of a bookend. You get a, a little bit of Jairus calling for Jesus to come and look after his daughter. And uh, then in the middle of the thing, you get this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And then you get the rest of the story about Jairus' daughter. Uh, both are pretty desperate, meaning uh, Jairus and his uh, well, this woman who's looking to stop bleeding. I mean, that must have been kind of horrible. Twelve years is a long time to be bleeding. Um, both of them seek Jesus in their own kind of way. Both people were rewarded finally with not only with Jesus' presence, but also his compassion and his power. Uh, and the other thing that's interesting is it looks like both were cared for rather... <coughs> Anonymously, now, and I don't mean nobody knew about it, but uh, for instance, the woman sort of snuck up on Jesus and touched his clothes, uh, and, and power went out from him uh, and cured her. Um, and, and there was people all over the place, but none of them knew what was going on, and they were a little surprised at that. 
Uh, and then later when we get to, to Jairus' house, everybody thinks the girl is dead, so Jesus shouldn't bother anymore. And so he chases everybody away. They're all around the house and they're all wailing and mourning, except for the few that he lets in the house. Uh, so he does this raising the dead thing uh, relatively privately, uh, and except there's people all over at the same time. In any case, they both look pretty impossible. They're both surrounded with skeptical people uh, who saw little and believed nothing, and, and yet here these miracles happen. Um, for me, I, I don't know if this is uh, the same for you, but I suspect it is, at least sometimes, the obvious question for us would be, why doesn't he do that stuff for me? Because you've, you've all been in that spot where something is horrible going on and uh, something uh, is hurting somebody you care about or some circumstances causing you great trouble and despair. Uh, we believe in him. We believe him. Uh, we ask for him. We have our own versions and de degrees of despair. Uh, but our, our people, they still go on sick or they still go on suffering or, or worse with this kind of, I don't know, uh, we, we ask for Jesus' intervention and, and it doesn't seem to happen. Our loved ones still go on being ill or, or they pass away or, uh, and no one comes to command them back to, to health and life. It's kind of horrible. You know well how impossible these problems are for us because, I mean, you just can't fix somebody. We don't have any ability or power to do that, not typically. But God can do it. And, and one might suppose he's either not able, uh, on the other hand, we know he's God and that he can actually do it, but some people probably think he just doesn't care. Uh, and, and it's, and, or, or maybe uh, it would seem like too small a thing in the grand scheme of things. Because we've got this whole world full of people and a whole world full of problems and there's all of time to consider and then the end of things is necessary and uh, very important things like Jesus happen sometimes and it just doesn't seem like one little person in this big world would be a big deal. Uh, it would just be a matter of course and therefore maybe not to be bothered. Maybe that sometimes we think. I'm too small to demand the attention. And it happens all the time. It's not like this is some strange thing I'm talking about. We go through this. But, but if these testimonies uh, that we're seeing here in Mark with these people are, are just fables like so many in the world think they are, well, then everything is lost and there's nothing can be done. And that's pretty hopeless. Yes, it's true. Some people don't believe it can happen. Other people think that God wouldn't bother because it's too small a thing. Still, here we see this thing in front of many, many witnesses. Even, even the world knows was Jesus was in the world. Uh, and here witnesses say what he was actually doing. Uh, he was here. The Son of God was here in the flesh with these people at this time. He did go with Jairus. So obviously he cared just by being asked, 
He went with Jairus to go look after this little girl. Still, he commended this woman for believing that he could and would heal her, even though he didn't even see her. She believed it, and, and it actually happened. This is God's son walking in compassion for a sick child, for a worried father, for an afflicted woman, None of him he knew five minutes earlier. They were surrounded with people who are absolutely loaded with skepticism. They didn't think anything much about anything he would do. And yet these folks, they believed him. It's kind of a miraculous thing, really, when you're in a room full of people that don't like it. But believing is a major miracle. The witnesses weren't sure he could do anything or that he would do anything, but he did do it. And what's all I got to do with you? You have always been sick with sin. This is not news to any of you. We already confessed it today, and we've confessed it many times together. It, uh, there is great worry there because the, the end of that line is not a happy one. Sometimes we worry about other things. Often we walk around with doubt and misconception about what God is and what he does and why he would need to do one thing or another or not to do something. Jesus himself died to forgive you. Because you have this sin, you have all this doubt, you have all these problems, but he did come and he died to forgive you. He could do it. Because, you know, if you think about that, dying for somebody doesn't seem like it would forgive anything. But this... This one did exactly that. He said he would forgive your sins by dying for you, and he, in fact, did that. As tragic and weak as it seemed, he did that. Your sins don't bleed you anymore. They've been taken from you. You don't have to worry about them anymore. And like a child who has lost her life, which is what you see here, this little 12-year-old girl, Christ raised you from death too. Because he took your sins away, and without sin there is no death. And so from sin to life and holiness you have in him. So now, not even if you were to die, uh, if you go over to John 11, you'd find Jesus saying, you shall yet live. And this is according to the promise that he has laid out for you. He could conquer death. He did rise from the tomb. He did leave the tomb empty. And overcoming death itself, he did, in fact, give you victory over even your death. And probably the biggest miracle of all is that you believe this cure. <laughs> And you believe this life because you believe your Savior did these things for you. There is uh, something that's been sort of interesting to me over the years. If you go back into World War II, that there were some events that happened there that anybody that was looking on said, well, this, this has to be a stand because if we don't win here, then we lose. And there were a number of things like that. And then somehow miraculously, impossibly, we, we prevailed. Uh, Midway is probably the, the one that sticks out the most. We were 
outnumbered and outgunned and outsmarted and still we managed to win that battle anyway. Uh, and uh, Stalingrad is another one, and we weren't really involved in that one, but Russia was, and they were looking like they were going to lose, and they had to win, and they did, miraculously. If you look at the testimony about that, Normandy is the same thing. They had to accomplish that. There could be no wiggle room. It had to happen. And they had to do the impossible, or everything was lost in those multiple times, and they were able to do it. Now, I'm saying that because this is kind of what God's son has done. He had to die for you. Had to. If he didn't do that, there was no hope. You'd still be in your sins, and you would still be in hell when you died. There would be no escape. And it was impossible that anybody should rescue you from sin, let alone death, and yet it is done. God's son came down out of heaven. Didn't have to do it loved you that much, came and died for you, and it's done. It is finished, if you take his words. Same thing for rising from the dead. Uh, there's no way you can beat death because we're all stuck with it. And he was as human as you or I, walking around in the world. He gave up being divine, in a sense, uh, sitting up in heaven where no harm could come to him. And he comes into this world, and he, in fact, dies on purpose for you to be forgiven. And he beat down death and, and rose from it and left everything behind and showed you his impossible alive body. Impossible, but done for you. And this we believe. And that's the miracle of all because it's all impossible. It's all ridiculous. It's all unbelievable. And yet, for some reason, by the Spirit's power that lives in you, you live you have no sin, and you believe. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.